Only in Miami show. Sponsored by Morningside Mortgage Corporation of Bay Harbor Island. Tonight's show is hosted by Grant Stern. Find out more about our sponsor at www.morningsidemortgage.com. That's www.morningsidemortgage.com. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiami.co, iTunes, podcast, SoundCloud, and a whole lot more. Check it out at onlyinmiami.co. And if you're in that car and I can look out the window and see that you are, kick those shoes off and relax because we've got a great show planned for you this evening. Uh, you can beat the traffic and listen to us. We've got a wonderful program with Scott Furman. He is a Democrat and running for the 27th Congressional District in Florida. And he is running a difficult but winnable race against Deliana Ross Leighton, the longtime Republican incumbent in this wave election. So stay tuned. We're going to be taking your phone calls and your questions with Scott Furman. He is a Democratic candidate for Congress in South Florida. If you live in Pinecrest, if you live in uh, Coral Gables, uh, in most of the eastern side of Miami, uh, that district has uh, not been actually contested in its current form until this year. So if you voted for certain other candidates in years past, this new district is going to be contested for the very first time. About a third of it is brand new voters, and we are going to speak with Scott Furman for the entire hour about what drew him into this difficult but winnable race against Republican incumbent Ileana Russ Leighton. So this is the part of the show where I get a couple of minutes to speak directly to you, the listening audience, about issues that impact us in South Florida and sometimes beyond. And most of the time I speak about the important hyper-local issues that, that drive what's going on in South Florida. And believe me, we will be discussing the Zika virus through this program with Scott. His wife is pregnant right now, as is the wife of my business partner. Um, and I can tell you that it's a huge issue, but we're gonna go into that in detail today. I wanted to talk about the national presidential race and what we have seen over the course of the last week and what some of my listeners may have read in my column at OccupyDemocrats.com because we have really seen an unprecedented set of events in the American general election that I think we will probably never see again. Um, it, it all started when the conventions ended and the Republican candidate decided to lance into a gold star family, uh, a family who lost a child in the military serving as an officer in Iraq and rapidly devolved into a comedy of errors. Um, I mean, the Republican candidate accepted someone else's purple heart and said that that would be a lot easier. He insulted the firefighters who rescued him from an elevator, enabling him to get to the rally where he insulted those firefighters he kicked a baby out of a rally um you just can't make these things up and it's it's really sad because it simply shows you that this political candidate on the republican ticket 
is running an entire political campaign like he is a shock jock. And let me say, America is shocked. <laughs> America is truly shocked. And our listening audience comes to this program for answers about issues that are important to them. And I would hope that anybody who is listening to this message should understand that no matter what it is you believe, there is only one truly qualified candidate in this year's presidential election. And there are two third-party candidates out there that may be a viable option for some people. But there is one candidate above all others who is simply so unqualified, literally, his own insult applies that we would not even elect him dog catcher. And we are going to spend the rest of the show discussing what happened with the man that he thought wasn't even good enough to be dog catcher and why we as South Floridians are dealing with a terrible Zika virus problem in our area without any help from the Republican-led Congress either. So it's kind of sad. We're not hearing about the important elections uh, issues this year in the presidential campaign um, because there's simply a candidate of chaos. And um, I would hope that that makes everybody who is listening to this message uh, more understanding that there are other people to vote for on these ballots and that the down ticket issues are just as important as the presidential election. Um, there's not a lot of choices in the presidential election. But in the down ticket is issues, there's a lot of choices. And <clears throat> this is a good year to carefully examine every single one of those because Florida's state legislature can be redrawn this year uh, along, you know, less partisan lines. Right now, it's all held by the Republican Party. And many of these problems that we are seeing in South Florida, whether it's bad water quality, whether it is problems with FPNL, whether it is problems with the Sunshine Law, all of these issues are not being addressed by the current incumbents that are in office. So I am going to say it right here. This is a wave election, and it is very much time for us as voters to decide, are we happy with what we are seeing from our legislatures? And if not, let's wave goodbye to these people. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show.
Oh, welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiami.co, iTunes, podcast, SoundCloud, and a whole lot more. Check it out at onlyinmiami.co. And we are live in studio with Scott Furman. Scott is running for the Democratic Congressional nomination in District 27. That is South Dade, Southwest, actually Southeast Miami-Dade County. Scott, thank you so much for joining us on the program tonight. Thank you for having me, Grant. So uh, go ahead and get that mic right in front of you. There we go. There we go. Um, <laughs> oh, much better. So um, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, Scott. You're a fifth-generation Miamian. Um, actually, my family's been a member of this community for five generations. So. Okay. <laughs> so... Uh, you're from Miami yes. originally. Yes, absolutely. Um, my great grandparents had had some, had some farmland down here, and uh, my grandpa got his start as a taxi driver and working the door at the Hotel Martinique on Miami Beach, and uh, he eventually saved up enough uh, tips to uh, open a little fresh fruit stand in Alapata, where he would deliver fresh fruit and and juices to the to the hotels on Miami Beach. And we've conti- we've been in that same location in Alapata since uh, the 1950s. So my father took over from my grandpa, and now I'm the president of, of that company. Well, just for our listening audience who may not realize it, Alapata is just west of Wynwood. Sure, sure. Just a few blocks away on the other side of the uh, the expressway. Right. And um, you can tell our audience the, the company that you are the president of has a name. Sure. It's a Florida bottling company, and the, the main brand is Lakewood Organic. Okay. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like you went to high school down here. Sure, sure. Well, I, uh, I grew up, I, I went to Sunset Elementary where I first met uh, my wife, Lindsay, and then I, I graduated from Ransom Everglades. And then uh, I got my undergraduate degree in political science from Florida State. And then I got my uh, JD MBA from the University of Miami. Okay, so you, you have a law practice as well. Um, no, my well, wife's a lawyer. Uh, I went to law school, but I always knew I wanted to get involved in the family business. So n- not a lawyer, but di- but uh, I, I did go to law school. You have a law degree. Yes, I have a law degree. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about running small business in politics. There's always talk about small business in politics, but mm-hmm. what are your impressions of the difficulties of running a small business in Miami? Mm-hmm. And, and how could your you know, time in a, the legislature help people that are similarly situated that are small business people? Sure. Well, I found um, in, in our business, we're able to live our progressive values. You know, we, uh, we, we take pride in our, in our employees. It's a, it's a great family atmosphere. We have many people who have been working there for 10, 20, 30 years, very low turnover. So we find that we invest in our employees, and, and it's a win-win. So we all do better when we all do better. So I, uh, I always take offense when I hear people who say, oh, no, if you raise the minimum wage, you know, you're going you're gonna to put me out of business. Well, th- you know, that's not what we've found. You know, you, you, you pay your employees a, a fair wage with good benefits and good bonuses. And, you know, I, I, always, I always say a- anyone can always come into my office. And no matter what the problem is, I'll, uh, I'll do everything I can to help, uh, be it helping secure mortgages, uh, legal trouble, if you're having a health problem, no matter what it is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm there to help. So it's a big, it's a big family atmosphere. And, and I think if more companies took that approach, uh, you know, the, the, the entire country as a whole would do a lot better. So that's a great point. Uh, the minimum wage right now is, what, $7.50? No, it's paltry, absolutely. It's a slave wage. Well, you know, it never adjusted for inflation. Correct. Is that something that you'd be in favor of adding to new minimum wage legislation? I'm, I'm absolutely in favor of a, of a $15 minimum wage. I think it is a good start. Um, so you, you go from there. But, I, I, you know, I, I think... 
so often in our in our political discourse, we hear uh, one side of of the uh, of, of the equation demagoguing uh, people and saying that well, you know, they're that they're the ones. Um, <laughs> sorry, first time on the radio, getting a little uh, a little nervous here. Um, I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> sorry about. That. Well, uh, you know, I was just asking: uh, Is it something you'd support to to add sure. okay. an inflation uh, gauge to the minimum wage? Because what happened is the minimum wage was raised to 750, and then over time the value of money depreciates, and that wage has eroded. So even though it's the same minimum wage as 10 years ago, it buys so much less. Uh, absolutely, and. Um, there's a lot of discourse about freeloaders and free riders, and I've found that it's it's really it's the largest corporations who are the free riders who aren't paying their employees living wages with good benefits, and it's uh, it falls on the taxpayer to make up the difference in the form of you know s s supplemental programs like SNAP and TANF and, and Medicaid. So you know who who are the real free riders here? Well, uh, you know it brings up you brought up a very good point. For example, uh, Walmart. Uh, is said to get about $6 billion a year worth of federal subsidies mm -hmm. because they pay their employees so little that they all qualify for food stamps. How do we cure that? Well, I, I think it's going to take legislation. You know, it's going to take electing more like-minded people who, who, you know, have the people's interest at heart and not these uh, large corporations. You know, if Citizens United says that corporations are people, well, then they have the same responsibilities as people. You know, let's Let's pay your fair share of taxes. You know, how, how many of the largest corporations aren't even paying any taxes? That's a great question. But you brought up another topic, which is Citizens United. Um, for our listening audience, if you haven't heard of this, it was a major Supreme Court decision, actually about a movie that was made about Hillary Clinton. Correct, yeah. <laughs> Ironically. Yeah. And, and Mrs. Clinton says that if elected president, she would like to... Uh, amend the Constitution to close what we would call the Citizens United loophole. Absolutely. What's your position on that, and why? Absolutely. I'm 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 very much in favor of a constitutional amendment, and I know how difficult that can be to get supermajorities in both chambers of our of our U.S. Congress, as well as getting all all this, you know, a supermajority of the states on board. Um, but I think it's absolutely imperative to get money out of politics. Uh, you know, everyone's always asking me what my what my one issue would be if I had to choose one issue to make progress on, and it's not a particularly sexy issue, but campaign finance reform is is critical. We're not going to see progress on many of the critical issues facing this nation if we don't get money out of politics. And I think gun control, gun safety is, is a perfect example where you have, you know, common sense gun legislation, universal background checks, you know, no fly, no buy, but you can't make any progress on it because the NRA has a stranglehold on our, on, on our government. So, Yeah, well, those are two very difficult to, to work with issues. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to pass out the, the call-in number. Anybody who wants to give us a call, I see you out there driving. There's a whole lot of you out there driving, actually. So give us a call, 305-541-2350. That's 305-541-2350. And we will take your questions, your comments, and your critiques. 305-541-2350. I'd love to hear from you guys. So we are speaking with Scott Furman. He is a Democratic candidate for Congress in District 27. So let's talk about your opponent a little bit. She sure. has been in office for a very long time, since 1989. Correct, yes. So why do you believe that voters in South Florida need a change now? 
Well, uh, let me start off by saying, you know, I have nothing but respect for, uh, for Congresswoman Ross Layton. She's dedicated her life to public service, and I think we need more people to get involved. With that being said, I have many, many policy differences with her, and, uh, and I'd like to keep this campaign focused on the issues. Let's make it about the ideas, focus on the issues, and discuss that. My understanding is that she's probably not going to be doing that and is going to be, you know, ma making this about, uh, about me and, 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 and who I am. But, uh, but what makes you say that? <laughs> well... Um, it's been clear that she's been running push polls against me, and uh, and I'm aware that she's been been out there requesting every bit of uh, public record that there is uh, to find on me. And again, I started this campaign by by uh, lay, laying my laying my you know laying myself out there and letting people know that you know I'm not a perfect person. I, I've certainly I've made some mistakes in, in in my life, and I've tried to atone for them. And uh, I'm I'm certainly not running from my record. While it certainly seems that she's going to be running from her record, she certainly can't run on it. So she's going to make this election about me instead of about the issues. But I'm going to be, be that as it may. I'm going to continue to do what I said I was going to do, which is make this a positive race and focus on the issues. You know, I I, I think we have the upper hand when it comes to uh, come comes to the issues. Well, also, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Does your district have a Democratic registration advantage? Um, it it finally does. It actually does. It's a it's a plus four registration advantage for Democrats. So uh, uh, that 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 new third of the district leans uh, leans heavily uh, Democratic. So this is certainly an opportunity to pick up this seat. Um, I believe Hillary Clinton is going to be our next president, and she's going to need a Congress to uh, to work with her to to, to pass a critical legislation. So that's a uh, that's why I'm in this race. Um, I, I was, I, wait, I, w I wanted to see if someone else would jump in this race, but it looked like no one, no one was going to. And you know, I believe our demo democracy, you know, has two-year terms for a reason. So it's time, for, it's time for her to be challenged and, and to hold her accountable for her record. And then, you know, the, let the voters decide. Let the chips fall, uh, fall where they may. Well, it's going to happen pretty <laughs> darn soon. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a really short break. I'm going to give out the call-in number one more time: 305-541-2350. That's 305-541-2350. We will be taking your calls. If you call in over the break, we'll bring you on the air in the next segment. And we're going to talk about the Zika virus a little bit because Scott has been featured along with his wife on the NBC Nightly News. And it is a huge issue. Um, you know, we could probably speak for a whole hour about Zika virus alone, but I, I wanted to make sure that we covered all of the issues for voters in Florida's 27th district. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show. on point and a walk is mean the crowd parts like the sea they can look but a touch they can only dream he loves a challenge so he licks his lips he's inspired by her arrogance his first words make her body tense she can't leave because she feels his strength now she can't help but listen but she's down to her last defense she says why you being so persistent he says i speak what i want into existence she never heard a man talk like this never seen somebody so confident driven to the point of death guess what he wants even if it means no rest
left a mouth with the sweetest taste. He left a heart with a warm embrace. He took a mind to another place, and the effects lasted for days. No ordinary love story exists that could illustrate how the spark was lit. And why his love gave a spirit a lift, a puzzle piece just perfectly fits. But with the sunshine came the rain, pouring down great clouds of pain. Everything started to change, after that he was never the same. Still bound to the very end, but he left her with the power within. All her fears blew away with the wind, she was stronger than she'd ever been. Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiami.co, iTunes, podcast, SoundCloud, and a whole lot more. Check it out at onlyinmiami.co. And we are back live in studio with Scott Furman. Scott is a Democratic candidate for Florida Congressional District 27. Scott, thank you so much for joining us in the studio tonight. Thank you again for having me. This is fun. Oh, hey, my (laughs) pleasure. So we've got a caller on the line. And if you're interested in calling in, if you have a question, comment, or concern, give us a call at 305-541-2350. That's 305-541-2350. We see you out there on the roads from our brand new studio in Blue Lagoon. So give us a call. 305-541-2350. 305-541-2350. And Julia, you're on the line. Hi, thank you for having me. Julia, what city are you calling from? Miami, Florida. And you have a question for Scott? Uh, yeah, well, um, in the beginning of your program, I know you were talking about candidates that we have a clear choice and um, someone that's very experienced. Sure. And then Scott bought up something about campaign reform. Okay, finance reform, sure. Yeah. Um, You know, I understand that Hillary's been in the uh, White House and the Secretary of State and the Senate and all, but, you know, she kind of gets a lot of contributions from Wall Street and a lot of money from speeches that, uh, to me, is a person that's purchased. So... On the other hand, we do have somebody else that's an outsider, though he may not be as eloquent as a politician because he is not a politician. That's why so many people are gravitated to him because he has the stage to speak for those that are feeling so, the so same do you, way. So do you actually have a question or you just want to make a statement? Yeah. Um, the, you know, uh, if we want change, then that means that we would have to actually clean Washington. And the politicians that are there, Republican or Democrat. Well, that that is a good point. And what I would respond with, since it seems like this is kind of directed at me, and I'll give you a chance, Scott, as well. Um, our country cannot elect a man standing trial for racketeering to its highest office. Um, we simply can't. Uh, you know, Donald Trump just got set for trial on racketeering and multi-state fraud charges for the Trump University. But racketeering is the most serious offense somebody can be civilly tried for besides actual murder. Um, To give you an idea of how serious this is, it's similar to the O.J. Simpson trial where he was tried for civil, uh, you know, wrongful death. Same thing as murder. Um, In this case, Mr. Trump is being tried for racketeering. That's the same statute that Congress enacted to control the mafia. And it requires 
some very serious predicate acts, all of which are actually criminal offenses. But when somebody has been stolen from, they can go to a civil court as well and allege that somebody has violated these criminal offenses. So we may have a situation where we have one candidate who accepts traditional political donations and discloses all of them. Um, but I don't see how that even compares with the candidate who is being put on trial for literally creating a national racket to defraud Americans. And, and he did it all over the country. So, uh, Julia, you still with us there? Yeah, I see it this way. The issue with Donald Trump, and if that's what you're saying, that's going on with Donald Trump right now. That is the um, factual truth. I got it from Pacer myself, and I wrote about it on OccupyDemocrats.com. You can check it out. Okay, and if he's actually found guilty, okay, fine. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to actually tell you something. That doesn't make me feel either safer in the country or, okay, or so safe. in other words, wait a minute, let me let me. So, let me OK, so we have a candidate who gives you the feels when he's actually asking a Russian dictator for help with the election. This is amazing. So uh, I'm going to tell you what, Julie, I appreciate your call. And uh, we're going to move on. We're going to speak with Scott about the Zika virus funding problem. Can I make one quick comment about Please. her call? Um, well, uh, as far as campaign finance uh, and campaign contributions, I do believe they both raised, you know, close to $90 million in, in the last month. So they're both taking uh, campaign contributions. And I don't really think you can ask either party to try and play by a different set of rules than the other party. So just because we're for campaign finance reform doesn't mean you still have to, you know, you still have to play the game in order to, to, to uh, change the system. But I, I can understand that anti-politician bent. I mean, there's you know, there's a lot more that needs to be done. And one side does a very good job of clouding the issue and, and, and making things very confusing. These are very complex issues that we're trying to, uh, that we're trying to address here. Well, I mean, if also, Scott, you're not a career politician at all. No, no. This is your first time running, <laughs> yeah, correct? First time running. What can I say? I, I, I like a good challenge. <laughs> Certainly a good challenge. Um, but it, you know, how difficult is it to raise money, especially for your first time campaign? It is by far the hardest part of, of this campaign is getting people to buy into uh, buy into a first a first time candidate who, who's challenging a longtime incumbent who can raise money very easily. You know, I mean, and again, all you have to do is look at her her, her FEC uh, disclosure reports. So she joins the climate change caucus, but she's still taking large campaign contributions from the biggest climate change culprits that there are, the Chevrons and the Exxons of the world. So you know, it's it's all out there for, for you to see. So I'm I'm running a campaign. I I've put as a, a, you know some resources of my own behind this campaign, but I certainly need the help of the people if I'm going to be able to get my message out. If not, I'm just going to be drowned out by her and. And, and the special interests who will continue to, to, to finance her campaign. She's finally realized that she has a challenge uh, on the horizon, and she's she started to take me seriously. So I, uh, I could certainly use the help out there. Okay, well, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Sure. And by elephant, I mean the mosquito. Um, it's something that you and I have talked about actually a few times. Uh, if you're out there and you're following me on Facebook, you've seen the Facebook Live videos. I tweet them occasionally. Um, I went out to the, the press conference that Marco Rubio had in his Doral office last week, and you actually happened to be out there, Correct. Scott. Um, so what did you think of, of what 
Marco Rubio has done regarding the Zika virus to date. And let's just talk about legislatively and then since the announcement, first legislatively. Sure. Well, um, you know, this has been a, a sort of a slow motion train wreck. We've seen this coming for, for about a year. And the president requested, a, you know, a $1.9 billion funding package to control the mosquitoes and develop a virus, you know, a good six months ago. Um, unfortunately, it became a political football. Um, instead of passing a clean Zika bill and, 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 and getting us the funding we need and getting us the help we need, it became a political football. And they started loading up the, the bill with unrelated items like cuts to, uh, to Planned Parenthood type well, who's, organizations. Who's they? Oh, oh, well, the Republicans, clearly. Okay, the, like so. the House Republicans. The House Republicans. Uh, so the, the Senate cut it down to $1.1 billion, and then the House passed a, a $600 million version. And then in conference committee, they, uh, they started loading it up with Confederate flag measures and Planned Parenthood cuts and, and, and completely unrelated, uh, you know, relaxing pesticide uh, uh, regulations. So they, uh, they turned it into a political football. It's called a poison pill where you, where you load up a bill with things that you know that the other side can't vote for, and then you can blame them. For, uh, for killing the bill. So this is politics as usual. And again, for a party that claims to, to care about the unborn to the exclusion of the other party, well, here's an issue that's affecting the unborn specifically, and they still turned it into a political football and didn't give us the help they need. And now there are thousands of women, like my wife, who are pregnant, who are terrified out there. So instead of getting us the help they need, they played politics with the, with the health of the unborn. And, and shame, shame on them. Shame on Speaker Ryan. When his district was flooded a few years ago, he immediately got help. And there was no offset in the spending. It was an emergency. And so he got the funding. But here we are down here, and we're, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're in the middle of it. Well, you brought up a couple of points. And by the way, I'm going to give out the call-in number one more time, 305-541-2350. That's 305-541-2350. Love to take your calls, questions, comments, concerns, questions. Love those questions. Keep them coming. 305-541-2350. So you talked about the unborn. And yes, the Republicans have generated quite a uh, large platform of uh of comments about the unborn but uh i've heard that marco rubio still does not believe that abortion should be allowed or an option for women whose children have been harmed in the womb Mm -hmm. correct by zika virus he he has a very extreme anti-choice record as does my opponent she she is I do believe she received a 0% rating by, by, by Planned Parenthood, if I'm not mistaken. So here they are. They're, they won't give us the help they need, but then they don't want to give women the right to make decisions about their own bodies. So. Well, everybody says that your opponent is very liberal. Why would she get a 0% rating from the Well, uh, well again, she, she's a very nice lady, and she's very good at constituent services, but you know, nobody's really evaluated her voting record in, in quite some time. So that's my, uh, that's my goal, is I, I'm going to call attention to her voting record. She's highly rated by the NRA, and when, when I say that at, 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 at forums, you know, there are gasps in the room, because everyone knows that we have to address the issue of gun violence, and, and they're shocked when they hear. So, you know, it's a... There is a uh, there's a disparity between the way she's viewed in our community and her voting record in Washington D.C. Well, what are some of the other issues? For example, Zika funding. Sure. She is actually the highest ranking member of South Florida's congressional delegation. Why did she not 
well, get the bill through herself. And again, you know, her, her rationale for being reelected to yet another term, you know, for after three, dec three decades in Congress is her experience and her ability to get things done. Well, here's a critical issue affecting her constituents. And she wasn't out in front. I mean, she she whispered about it and tried to get some, some funding here or there. But, you know, she didn't uh, she wasn't able to, to to bring it home. So if, if her entire rationale is that she's a, this powerful, you know, longtime experienced uh, politician who can get things done. Well, here's a here's a, a great example of where where that wasn't the case. So and now she's out in front of it. But, you know, it's a it's a little bit too uh, too little too late. You know, this is a mosquito problem that we saw coming six months ago, a year ago. President asked for money six months ago, and uh, and we didn't get it. And now she's calling for a special session. Now she's putting it at the front of her Twitter feed and Facebook, and calling you know on meetings with mayors. But you know, it's I, I certainly see through it. It's relatively transparent from from where I'm sitting. Well, you know, uh, Senator Rubio said something very important last week in response to one of my questions mm -hmm. because I asked the senator. I asked him. If Congress is more interested in going on vacation already than passing a Zika virus funding bill, what is going to make them come to the table and sign a bill? And he said, you know, Congress could do this tomorrow as long as nobody objects. They could hold a, a pro forma session. Mm -hmm. uh, two members could be there. They could gavel the session in, pass the bill, and walk away as long as nobody cares. Mm -hmm. And that was a week ago. And still, still nothing. Nothing has happened. Shame on them. Shame on them. We're in the middle of a crisis. I mean, you can bet if there was a, a you know, as they like to call it, an Islamic radical who was releasing an agent that was affecting the unborn, they'd be falling over each other, tripping over each other to uh, to get something passed. But here it is. We're in the middle of this, and and they're doing nothing for us. So politics as usual. So again, this is one of the main reasons I'm running as a father. It's my duty to protect my child and. You know, we all saw this coming. This wasn't, you know, this wasn't a surprise to anyone. So, but once again, politics as usual. It, it's a lot of lip service and, and not a lot of action. So, you know, I'm, uh, that's one of the main reasons I decided to stand up and, and fight, fight for the community that my, fam that my family's called home for, uh, for five generations. You know, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> well, Scott, we're going to take a real short break, but do me a favor. Give out the contact information for people who'd like to get involved or learn more about your campaign. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'll, I'll give out my phone number. My, my cell phone, my campaign cell phone is 305-608-6038. And if you want to look me up on uh, on Facebook, I'm I'm at, at Scott Furman for Congress. Uh, my, my website is Scott Furman, S-C-O-T-T-F-U-H-R-M-A-N.com. So I'm, I'm happy to talk with anyone on any issue at, at any time. You know, I'd, I'd love to debate uh, Congresswoman Ross Layton, and I understand that incumbents are, are afraid to, to debate challengers because they don't want to give them the platform. But I think, you know, she's been in office for three decades. So why doesn't she stand up and, 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 and tell us all about her great record? That that would be interesting to see, and <laughs> anytime, any place, anywhere, any format, I'm, I'd love to debate her. Well, I can I can tell you that we have offered this studio as a space for debate Wonderful. for any uh, congressional or state house candidates who are seeking it. Um, you know, we've offered to radio broadcast debates. Um, so, 
you know, if if you're offering to debate your opponent, uh, I can tell you that I, I, we are offering our students. I would love to. And again, I'm a first time candidate. I, I'm not a politician. I'm I'm not well versed in 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 politics and and debates and and all that. So she should see me and say, oh boy, I should be able to take him easily. So let's uh let's go. Well. Uh, one more time, give out your contact information, your website. Sure. It's scottferman.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-F-U-H-R-M-A-N.com. All righty. I'm going to give out that call-in number one more time, too. 305-541-2350. We love to hear from you guys. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show. Mama always said we were royalty. She even said it's staring in the face of poverty. Is that insanity or vanity? I think it's nothing but the power of the mind. Believe she put it in me. Because I live on my dreams. I get my fantasies wings. One day I'm gonna be king. I'm gonna make that woman so proud of a son. I know you heard about changes gon' come. One question, will you be there? Will you be there? I'll be there with my hands held high in the air like a champion. Cause I demand the win. Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiami.co, iTunes, podcast, SoundCloud, and a whole lot more. Check it out at onlyinmiami.co. And we are back live in studio with Scott Furman. He is running for Congress in Florida's 27th District on the Democratic ticket. Thank you for joining us in the studio, Scott. It's my pleasure. Thank you again. No, it's, it's my pleasure. So um, let's continue discussing the Zika virus issues because we talked sure. about the legislative problem, the poison pill and the public health bill, as I like to call it. Because it's just exactly what they did. Um, but what do you think of the response since it's been announced that there have been more than a dozen local transmissions in Miami's Wynwood neighborhood? 
Well, uh, you know, I've been calling for special session of Congress since they uh, since they decided to go on recess early. They even left left Washington early. They they left a, a day early. So I think this is a public health crisis, and it deserves our representatives to go back to Washington and get back to work right now. Cancel your vacation. I don't care where you are. Go back to Washington and serve the people you were elected to represent. But the the state of Florida is working on it. What do you think of the state response thus far? Well, uh, Governor Scott is uh, <laughs> here's a man who cut funding for mosquito control and, uh, and left left and right, you know, was was against was against this, and now he's 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 trying to get out in front of it. So again, we have to, we have to hold people to account for their record, not what they're saying, but what have they done. So, well, it seems to me like it's very similar to the the water problems in South Florida, where sure. our state was responsible for certain things, and then when it all went south, they try and to you know, pass the buck. Oh sure, and that's uh, and that's politics as usual. So again, you know, your caller Julia, you know, this is why so many people are sick of, of politicians. And and again, it's these are confusing issues, and it's hard to tell who's telling the truth and and who the good guy is and who the bad guy is. So it's uh, and that's and that's by design. You know, the more they can confuse the populace, the more the easier it is to uh, to continue to do things like the giveaways that they've done to uh, to the agriculture, to big agriculture in Florida. You know, I grew up. You know, going to uh, Jupiter Island and spending time on the beach, and it was gorgeous. And, and every once in a while, they would release that water from Okeechobee, and it would turn the turn that beautiful water a dark, dark green brown. And it's just gotten worse and worse and worse over the last couple decades. So, so you know, shame on them. These are our natural resources, and, and it's been it's it's been devastating. Well, a lot of people view your opponent as the environmentalist in her party. Um, but how can somebody in a party that promotes and apologizes for pollution really be pro-environment? Well, clearly, clearly she isn't. And, and, you know, Marco Rubio said something the other day at that press conference where he said, you know, I'm not responsible for what my party does. Well, you know, I, I, I take issue with that. You are responsible for your caucus. You, and if you can't get them to change, well, then you better stage a protest. You better go down in the well of the House of Representatives or in the Senate and bang that lectern and, and bring as much attention to, to the critical issues facing your community as you can. So you, you are responsible. And, and of course, Ileana has been, uh, Congresswoman Ross Layton has been, been running away from her party left and right since her district changed. So we need representatives who are able to represent the interests of all their people long before it becomes a political liability. That's what being a representative is all about, at least at least from my perspective. Right. So, I mean, you're saying that this issue or these issues are not simply about personality anymore, but also a matter of party, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I think far too often we get caught up in the personality. Um, you know, let's take a look at, at the issues, you know, and you see this in the presidential right now. A lot of people have a well, well, a visceral dislike for the Democratic nominee. But, you know, you're voting for a platform. You're voting for an administration. So let's uh, let's stop focusing so much on the personalities. You know, it's not a popularity contest. You're electing someone to be the leader of the free world, you know, to have access to our nuclear codes, to try and put, set this nation on, on a path forward. You know, our, our government was designed to be inefficient. It wasn't designed to be impotent. So there are critical issues facing this issue this nation and we need to make progress on them so let's all you know work together and try and find compromise and consensus where we can and, and move this nation forward and stop stop getting in all these petty fights so let's translate that into the local level sure. what are some of the issues that uh, your opponent's party 
has positions that are maybe not so good for local voters in District 27, because there's quite a few of them. Well, gun violence has plagued our community for far too long. So you have a, a, a party that is beholden to the biggest special interest of all, from my perspective, which is the NRA. So you have proposed legislation like a universal background check, which is supported by upwards of 80, 90 percent of the country, yet you can't get any action on, on, uh, on the floor. So, you know, and it's not just the money that they give, it's the threat. So they may not be a big donor to, uh, to, a, to a certain representative, but if you vote against them, they're going to primary you. They're going to pick an opponent, and they're going to fund him or him or her, and they're going to they're take you out in the primary. So many elected officials are more afraid of losing the primary than they are the general, especially because so many of these districts have been gerrymandered over the last, over the last 20, 20, 30 years. Right. Well, you're mentioning gerrymandering, and that's a very big issue that we've been fighting in Florida. And we as voters uh, chose this thing called the Florida Fair Districts Amendment, mm -hmm. and it only took about six years to implement <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but the gerrymandering is only one form of political vote suppression. The other one is uh, simply, uh, you know, it's laws that are aimed at disenfranchising. disenfranchising absolutely and you see that you see that left and right you know and and you know the, the republicans will even the republican leadership will admit you know they they're on they're on record saying that the reason that they pursue these uh, voter suppression measures is because <laughs> democrats were getting too many votes so that they disenfranchise uh, felons who are who have served their time and deserve to be reintegrated into our community but they don't want them voting i believe florida has something like 2 million Two million people who have lost the right to vote. Well, you know, I'm not sure that that's how our system of government is supposed to be designed. So you have that. You, they'll, they'll close polling locations in, in largely Democratic areas. You know, voter ID, you know, voter fraud is a, is a myth. You know, it, it doesn't exist. I think there's been, what, two dozen cases over the last 10 years. Yeah. But one of the problems is that the Supreme Court struck down the map mm -hmm. that defined where the Voting Rights Act's most yeah, they important it. protections take hold. They gutted it, sure. So as a congressperson, how can you get involved with that? Well, of course, uh, I will do everything in my power to enfranchise voters. I think, you know, one person, one vote is an ideal that we were founded upon. And, uh, and of course, I'll do everything in, in, in my power to bring attention to the issue. And of course, I'll be voting on the side of, of the people, not on the special interests who want. There's, I mean, that should tell you something when one party doesn't want people to vote and the other party does want people to vote. So <laughs> I think it sends a very loud message when one party does not want. <laughs> Everybody voting. Absolutely. So, uh, Scott, we've got just a couple minutes left. Uh, tell our audience in one minute why they need to vote for you in Florida's 27th congressional district. Absolutely. Well, I got in this, as corny as it may sound, I got in this to make a difference. I got in this to help people build better lives. You know, I, I got in this um, after many discussions with my wife, and I knew I would be attacked. I, don't, I know I don't have a spotless past, but I'm in this for all the right reasons, and, and I hope people will give me the benefit of the doubt, because I certainly have the people's interests at heart. I'm doing this for my daughter, for my unborn daughter, and for thousands of others across this community who really need help, who have had it very hard lately. And, you know, I think one party is largely responsible for many of the problems that we have in this in this country. And I, I'm going to do my best to run a positive campaign focused on the issues. And I'm willing to to discuss any issue anytime with, with anyone. So that's uh, that's what it's all about.
all about. You know, I'm an, an, I'm an Eagle Scout, and one thing we're, you're taught in scouting is when you go to a campsite, you don't leave it in a worse condition. You don't leave it in the same condition. You leave it in a better condition. So that's what I'm trying to do here. My family comes from a long line of, 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 of service to country going back all the way to the Revolutionary War. That's where, where I get my middle name from, from my great-great-great-great-great-grandpa who fought for for George Washington. So this is my opportunity to serve the country and the community that I love. And I'm, I'm going to do my best and that's uh, and then let the chips fall where they may. Scott, thank you so much for joining us on the program tonight. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> really appreciate it. And one more time, let our audience know, where can they find you on Twitter? Where can they find you on Facebook? And where can they find you on sure. the web? Sure. Twitter, it's uh, just at Scott Furman. Again, that's S-C-O-T-T-F-U-H-R-M-A-N. Facebook is at Scott Furman for Congress. And uh, my website is just my name, S-C-O-T-T-F-U-H-R-M-A-N.com. All righty. Well, we're going to take a very short break. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show. the only in Miami show and I'm your host Grant Stern you can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiami.co iTunes podcast SoundCloud and a whole lot more check it out at onlyinmiami.co and we're back live in studio with Ray Valdez he is a state house candidate on the Democratic ticket and he's facing a primary on August 30th in District 113 Ray thank you so much for joining us on the program. thank you so much Grant for having me here for the opportunity to communicate with your audience it's my pleasure so tell our audience a little bit briefly where is District 113 that you're running in? well 113 is uh, from 27th Avenue East mm -hmm. uh, all the way to the ocean uh, okay. it covers uh, from uh, Southwest 8th Street from to Northwest 7th Avenue Okay. I mean, 7th Street, uh, where sure. the Marlins are. And okay. it uh, covers the, the downtown Miami, uh, the port area, all the isles, Fisher Island, Habisco, Star Island, all that. And all of Miami Beach and North Bay Village, all the way to 88th Street. Okay. It's a so large district, very, uh, you know, diverse. Right. It's a very diverse district. So is this your first time running for office, Ray? It is my first time, yes. Wow, what inspired you to run for office on the Democratic ticket in District? Well, I'm a raised a Democrat, and uh, and I believe that there is a lot of issues in the community that are affecting the community that we need a hands-on person. I am a community activist and an advocate all my life, and here in Miami-Dade County, I have served in many boards in the county and uh, and other things and many organizations. I serve with the Salvation Army, with the Lions Club. We support the Lighthouse for the Blind. We support Bascom Palmer. I am the vice chairman of community relations for the county on two or three occasions and chair the immigration committee also for the last, I don't know, many years, taking the delegation to Washington and Tallahassee and uh, 
and many things like that. I've been very active, a member of the Socioeconomic Development Council, which is a uh, advisory board to the mayor and the county commission, okay. and many, many uh, things like that. At this time, I thought that, uh, you know, it's important not just to uh, be on the advisory side, but also to maybe have some teeth and put some teeth on the issues and uh, have an opportunity to really you know, labor for change. So let's talk about that. Ray, yes. what would be your number one issue in the state house if elected to District 113? Well, you know, there's many there's many priorities. I there can are just say lots one of issue. Yes. I have a list of eight well, really good ones. Yes, and exactly. Check them out at sunshineagenda.com. However, I will mention one that is very, very uh, important that is affecting our daily lives, uh, a lot of us, uh, there is about half a million people driving here without driver's licenses. Okay. Okay, so we have uh, two and a quarter million people in uh, Miami-Dade County. And uh, and uh, under these circumstances, with about half a million people without driver's licenses. That's one, quite a lot. One in four chances that you have an accident, like I have had, and many friends of mine have had. With an uninsured motorist, With too. somebody who is uh, driving without a driver's license, of course, if they don't have a driver's license because they didn't pay the ticket or they are undocumented and they don't have a driver's license, they don't have insurance, they don't have license plates. And the car, many times the car doesn't belong to them. It's been parked in the back of the house for a long time. Sure. And so on. You have an accident with that person. And, you know, and if there is, a, if you're lucky and there's no personal injuries, you still end up with a, a damaged car, which more probably you have to file against your own insurance company in sure. order to correct the situation. So how do you, how do you make change there? If elected, to well, the state house. Uh, you know, uh, 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 Senator uh, uh, Rene Garcia, who I uh, praise very much for this issue, for bringing this forth to the uh, Senate in Florida, has presented a resolution there uh, two or three times and has had not, not haven't, uh, hasn't had the opportunity to really for the issue to come forth. And I hope to join forces with him and other legislators who, uh, you know, are not uh, uh, don't see this as a a partisan issue. It's not a partisan issue. It's not a sure, matter not of whether you're a Democrat issue. or a Republican. It's a matter of when you are elected, you become a public servant, and but you have what, to take care of issues like this. What is the issue that their bill that they are pushing to rectify this? Well, there's you know uh, uh, there's uh, several counties and and uh, and states that have passed uh, laws where uh, undocumented people, for example, which is a large number of the people driving without licenses, uh, uh, get a, a driver's license which authorizes them to drive, to buy insurance, and so on. Doesn't give them a legal status. Does, it's not a regular driver's license that uh, uh, citizens get. That, uh, that driver's license doesn't allow you to fly in an airplane. It doesn't allow you to go into federal buildings. But it does register you as a driver in the community and so on. Why are we going to have these people driving around our community? People that are total who, strangers. Or that have not paid their tickets. They have, you know, they are driving. They could not pay the tickets because they had three or four red light tickets. Now they, sure. their license gets suspended. Of course, then their license plates get suspended and then their insurance gets suspended. By the time they are ready to go, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, people, uh, the elderly people in this county, by the time they get, they owe two, three thousand bucks. They cannot, they cannot go and renew their driver's license. They cannot get, you know, at that, at that, at that time, you know, they are a catastrophe for the rest of us in the community. So, Ray, tell our audience a little bit about where they can find out more about your campaign, 
for State House online. Okay, uh, I have uh, electorate2016.com. Uh, also, uh, you can uh, contact me um, on my telephone. My uh, my cellular of the last thirty years is uh, is is listed on my uh, on my mail, and it's seven eight six three two six eight 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 five. And I love it uh, if you call me and, you know, tell me what you think, what's happening in your life that, uh, you know, that we have to take care of as uh, all of us uh, responsibility. And go out and vote. You don't have to vote for me, but I would appreciate it. Number 65 on the ballot. That's, that's great advice for everybody. I hope everybody that tuned in tonight uh, goes out there and votes. There's a big election coming up, primaries, and the Miami-Dade mayoral race is going to be decided on August 30th. And that's all the time we have tonight for the Only in Miami show. I'd like to thank Ray Valdez for coming into the studio. Thank you so much, Ray. And I'd like to thank Scott Furman for coming in tonight as well. And we'll be back next Monday night. This is the Only in Miami show.